Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the, the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, the Aviva Stadium is set to be close to a full house for Leinster against Munster in the URC tomorrow. The starting teams are in and there really is so much to talk about uh, in this game. Rory O'Connor is here. Rory, my immediate impression looking at that Leinster team when it came out was, whoa, they've gone with a 6-2 split in the bench. Robbie Henshaw starts, Ty Furlong starts, Jack Conan starts. I think this is what is called a statement of intent. Yeah, it is, Sinead. I was just at Leo Cullen's press conference there and um, you know he was asked if revenge was on his mind and he very much, oh no, it's always a big game against Munster and they're all big games and we're looking forward to them all. But... Um, you know, I mean, Hugo Keenan last Saturday night after the Scarlet's game said that they're on a bit of a revenge mission this week and in two weeks' time against La Rochelle. And you can almost see that in this team. He is, uh, he has to roll them out in some way because he hasn't had them back um, long from the World Cup and he kind of has to get them a bit of game rhythm before they go and play those European games in a couple of weeks. But, um, and what better place to do it and what's expected possibly to be a sold out of Viva Stadium tomorrow night in, in, um, in front of a big television audience and stuff, you know, why not use what you have when they're available to you? So, um, it's impressive. It's it's um, and I look at the kind of the couple of names missing from Munster and the you know the fact that when they beat Leinster famously here last May, Leinster did feel the in a, a rotated I suppose side in, in that game. So there's it's a bit of a diff, a shift in dynamic. And if Munster wanted back that win up, then they're going to be have have to be very very good. Yeah, and uh, Munster have named their team obviously as well. Six changes. Peter Mahoney, as expected, he's been ruled out with that shoulder injury. Uh, Simon Zebo starts a full back. Rory Scannell is in the centre. No Nankabu, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Stephen Archer starts in the front row, will become the most capped Munster player of all time. Diemert Barron starts. Klein is back. Tomasa Hearn starts in the back row for the first time. Overall, though, is it a surprising Munster team selection? Well, it is because uh, there was no inclination that Alex Nankaville was going to be injured. And, and I, although there's nothing in the press release about him being injured, you would imagine based on his performances so far, he would have played in this game because he's only building a partnership with Antoine Frisch that's, you know, I think has a bit of promise, but still has a lot of work to go. But he has been very impressive in the games that I've seen him. And um, like Zebo's kind of come out of nowhere to go to go into fullback. You know, I watched a bit of Munster training last week and he was off with the kind of young guys. Now, like he's almost a forgotten man of Irish rugby at this stage. He's played, featured so little over the last year, really. You know, he's, he's featured more as a pundit than a player, really, over the last while. So it's um, 
it's a huge opportunity for him to remind everyone of what he what he's got as a, as a fullback because he is, you know, over the years he's been a phenomenal rugby player and, and you know probably spent the best chunk of his of his career in Racing. You know that time when he he took that decision and since he came back it hasn't gone. You know the RFU funded his deal like you know it was I think they had Ireland in mind when they brought him home but it hasn't really gone to plan. He hasn't made that impact so this is a chance for him two weeks out from Europe to kind of make a statement about what he's he's all about. But it's really up front where this game is going to be won and lost, especially with Leinster going for that 6-2 split. And I suppose in the in this now post-Peter O'Mahony captaincy era, the fact mm-hmm. that Jeremy Bannon's been handed the, the leadership gone when, when it is a team featuring some of the other contenders is another talking point. So that's, you know, is he being lined up as the next Munster captain? Yeah, what, what do you think? Because I know people mentioned like Ty Byrne as well um, as being among the possible candidates. Obviously, you know, it was announced this week that Peter Martin is stepping down. Is this another sure sign that Barron is in that leading role to take over? Well, he's certainly in the frame, I think. You know, I, I would have thought Ty Byrne would be the natural successor. Um, I think John Klein should be in the conversation now, World mm-hmm. Cup winner, a, you know, a, a very consistent performer for them. Craig Casey's another who's been mentioned in dispatches, but there's no, it, it's interesting that there is no outstanding candidate, really. You know, O'Mahony, I guess, has been a fixture there for so long in that role um, that we haven't really thought about what life would look, I mean, I'm sure Munster have, but, you know, it hasn't been a big talking point about who would take over. Um, it's funny, I was asked two weeks ago during, when they collapsed against Ulster, who were the leaders on that pitch? And you kind of look at the team sheet and you're not quite sure. Now, I'm sure within the Munster setup, they, they have a good idea. I know Alex Candelan, captain teams uh, as he came through, but he needs to earn his place in the side. Jack O'Donoghue has often captain when O'Mahony's not there. But, you know, again, when you have the, everyone available, he doesn't get into the team necessarily. So it's, um, it's a big question hanging over them now as they, you know, the fact that Omani captained them last week and then stepped away this week is a kind of an unusual one and it leaves them with a bit of a dilemma. So, I, you know, Barron's getting another chance. He captained them up in Ravenhill two weeks ago. He's got another chance today. He does start in all the big games because he is their, he's their number one hooker as it, as it stands. So, um, I guess it's an opportunity for him and an opportunity for him as well against Dan Shee and Ronan Keller coming into the fray as well. To, to, you know, he was in and around that Ireland setup over the summer. So, it's a chance for him to make a bit of a mark in his, in his own right. Yeah, and you went through kind of a number of the talking points, uh, a lot of which I stole uh, from your piece in the Irish Independent this morning. So, of course, one of those is obviously uh, number 10. So, Ross Byrne will start for Leinster tomorrow. Kieran Fawley is on that bench um, with that t- 6-2 split and Jack Crowley starts and Tony Butler is on the bench for Munster. I mean, it really is such a chance to make a convincing case for Byrne or Crowley for next February, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they are the incumbents. You know, Johnny Sexton steps away. So if everyone shifts up one, then Jack Crowley is now the number one out half in Ireland and Ross Byrne is number two. And there's a bit of a, I guess, a bit of jostling behind them for a position as to who gets into the squad for the Six Nations. Frawley will be in and around that. And it's interesting that he gets the nod ahead of Harry Byrne, who did train at the Aviva Stadium here this morning. Sam Prendergast wasn't with the squad. So um, whether he's playing club rugby this weekend or is doing some conditioning, um, you know, I'm sure we'll find out at some stage, but as it stands, the battle for that number 10 jersey uh, next February, you know, the Six Nations kicks off in two months' time. You know, it's kind of hard to believe that uh, it, you know, we'll all be back in Marseille in a couple of weeks and, and it'll be either Jack Crowley or Ross Byrne in that number 10 slot. And um, I sat down with Jack Crowley on Tuesday and peace will run overnight in the, in, in, on the website and in the Irish Independent tomorrow. You know, he has his eyes on that but I'm sure there's I've no doubt that, that Ross Byrne does as well and we'll see this is a huge opportunity to make a statement themselves now you would imagine looking at those two teams that he will be, be behind the dominant pack because that that, our, that Leinster pack 
is so strong. It's going to be a big job for Munster. So mm. Crowley might have to manage the game off the back foot, which is a big challenge, but it's one, if he succeeds and if he can make the right decisions at the right time, no doubt Andy Farrell and his coaching team will be watching closely. So I don't think there's a lot between them. I, I still wonder that if Johnny had gone down at the World Cup, who would have started? You know, whether Crowley was on the bench because he was so versatile, but Byrne might have been the one that they turned to when they needed experience from the start. That you will never know because Sexton made it through. But in terms of that pecking order, tomorrow's game will have a big impact on on what Andy Farrell decides to do down the line. Yeah, and what about kind of that scrum dominance, as you also mentioned this morning? I mean, so there was some calls for Oli Yeager to be brought straight into the Munster uh, squad for this weekend, which I always thought was way too early, um, considering he was only arriving from uh, New Zealand, I think it was earlier this week. What about that area tomorrow? I mean, looking at that Leinster team. Yeah, and you've got Stephen Archer making, you know, becoming yeah. Munster's most cap player and um, a significant achievement for him, but he's, you know, he's up against it from the start. He's, he's um, I think the, f- the fact that John Klein is back in their second row and scrummaging alongside Ty Byrne, um, we sometimes underestimate the impact the second rows do have and, and John Klein is a, a powerhouse scrummaging tight headlock. You know, he will bring a lot of stability behind Stephen Archer and Dermot Barron as they go up against Porter and Sheehan. And and then, you know, you have the, the battle on your side of Lockman, who spent a lot of time in Ireland camp without playing much at the World Cup up against Furlong. So he knows Furlong. They've, they've scrummaged against each other numerous times this year. So that familiarity should give them some comfort. They've mixed up their combinations a little bit as well with John John Ryan on the bench, which means mm-hmm. he'll be scrummaging with it's Witcherly. Oh no, Dave Glacoyne's back. So that again, Witcherly's not in, in the twenty three. He's struggled the last couple of weeks. So Dave Glacoyne's return, you know, that's his first game since the World Cup as well. So that's a, another bit of comfort for Munster to try and shore up that area. Um but it's still an area of that they'll be a little bit worried about going in. Like for Graham Rowntree, as you know, a former prop who's their head coach, it must be a real badge of dishonor, I guess, to kind of to have your scrum eviscerated really last week by the Stormers and really be the way Ulster changed the game a week previously was Munster had dominance in the first half but Ulster as the game went on grew more and more dominant and really won the game on the back of their scrummage so um, it's something Munster need to fix you know they're playing Bayonne in two weeks time then they go to Exeter that you know they will be tested in that area and teams will be doing their research and seeing where they're weak so that is an area at the moment where they're weak but they have shown an ability over the last couple of years to scrummage very well so they need to just get back to that level. And look, Jaeger was never going to play this week. I think that was a throwaway remark by Graham Roundtree that got picked up. Um, that he, you know, if you flew business class, that he be he might have a chance. But I mean, he's he's on a four year deal. They didn't sign him for this week. They've signed him for the next yeah. four years to play for Ireland. So he'll have an impact. But again, I don't know if he's the, the, going to get a, you know a silver bullet for their scrummaging issues. I mean, he he's been coming from Super Rugby. We've seen Michael Alatoa struggle off the back of being a Crusaders prop in European rugby, he's got a bit of adjustment to do and I wouldn't expect a massive instant impact from him, although I think he is a significant signing for them in the long term. Yeah, well, after seeing those team sheets this morning, it really does seem like this result could only be going one way tomorrow. Is that? Yeah, it's hard to predict anything other than a Leinster, a Leinster win. You know, I think like the, I think that you can't underestimate the fact that the semi-final last season did shift the dynamic a little bit in this uh, relationship and, and Munster have made Leinster a bit angrier and we'll have to deal with the consequences of the full Leinster backlash. And what that backlash looks like will be very interesting, but it's um, it's a strong, on paper, it's very much a stronger Leinster 23. Um, they have Munster in most areas, but I wouldn't dismiss Munster's chances either, especially, you know, Leinster's, there's still question marks over them and how they're going to manage games. Um 
across 80 minutes, you know, they, they, they've started to kind of score in, in bursts and, and then kind of try and ride out the, the middle of games and stuff like that. And Munster will try and hang in that fight and, and bring it to a battle where, where it comes down to the last 15, 20 minutes. But without O'Mahony, uh, even Jack O'Donoghue, without Nankavell, who's, you know, you know, we saw how important that, uh, Malachi Fekatoa was um, in that the run-in last season. Like I think Nankavell is looking like a, a very different but very effective player. It might be like they've been patchy bits so far this season. Munster Leinster haven't been perfect, but they can get to a better level. And in front of a home crowd, um, a packed stadium, you know, it, it, I think they they hold all the aces really to to go and win this game. Okay, well, let's just quickly look at uh, Connacht and Ulster as well. Connacht play the Bulls in Pretoria tomorrow, going for those back-to-back wins um, in South Africa. Six changes to their team. Um, Sean Jansen will make his Connacht debut, starts at number eight. Uh, Cahill Ford is in the centre again with David Hawkshaw, who I thought was brilliant last weekend in Durban. And just again at number 10, I like the way Pete Wilkins is really working this quite nightly, nicely. Jack Carty is back in the team and JJ Hanrahan is on the bench for tomorrow. Yeah, that's good squad squad management, I guess. You know, yeah. it, it's um, it's a bit. I think it's a bit of a free hit for for Connacht. You know, they got their win over there. They probably, I think, coaches largely, you know, have a spreadsheet and, and budget for certain results across certain parts of the season. They've got Leinster coming to town next weekend. Um, they're at altitude that makes life a little bit more difficult in, in uh, up at Loftus. And the Bulls have gone well so far this season, and it probably present them with pictures, you know, with, with challenges that they probably don't suit Connacht's strengths in terms of their. Uh, forward dominance, their ball carrying, and all that sort of stuff. But like Connacht are in good form themselves. This is two of the form teams in the league, I think. You know, and, and mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 conditions, the fact that they have that win under their belt. I would think Connacht would be quite happy to take home one or two points from this fixture. Um, and if they got something more, it'd be a bonus. But they would they would have budgeted probably from one win out of two over there, and. Um, that's already they've already got the result that they wanted from that trip. So I think it's it's. You know, as much of a free hit as you can get in this league, which is increasingly competitive, um, it's it's a good conic side. They're going well, but I just wonder at altitude. You know, that's a that's a hard one to go up and and, and try and complete that job. So I think Connacht might just not not have enough for the Bulls. Yeah, and uh, Ulster away to Glasgow tomorrow evening. Uh, Stephen Kitsoff is on the bench for them. They've been fairly uh, trumpeting their their big signing since he arrived in Belfast. Well, I mean, Leinster are denying the very existence of Jack Nienauber as, as it stands and they're refusing to tell us when he's arriving, whereas so, Ulster... Yeah, sorry, has there been clarity on that? Is he going to be there tomorrow? He's not going to be here tomorrow as far as I'm aware, but they're still being quite jittery about it and quite elusive about it. I don't know if they think a, a, a team of photographers is going to descend on the airport. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but like Ulster had their own camera crew at the airport to welcome kids up in. They had footage from the first meeting. And look, like what's wrong with a bit of hype? You've got, you signed Absolutely. a World Cup winner, you're paying, like they're paying them big money to be over here and they're, they're making, they're trying to make it a good news story. And I look, I think that's the way, you know, teams, rugby needs to sell itself and, and sometimes does a very bad job of that. So, you know, he's not going to be a fireworks kind of player, but he, he brings instant stability to their scrum. He's such a, you know, powerful, um, consistent scrummager you know he, he has been very very good at you know he's very good at the world cup you know he's not a razzle dazzle all carrying all you know he's you know he, he wouldn't be the kind of um figure to say you know an andrew porter would be but he fits into what they're doing there he will lock down their scrum and he gives them some impact off the bench over and um over in scotland uh, tomorrow so like there's you know, it's a good team. You know, it's a it's a it's a strong Ulster team. Tom O'Toole being back as big as well. You know, Stockdale's going well. It's interesting they're going with Billy Burns ahead of Jake Flannery. Um, you know, they're, Jake Flannery's been brilliant. 
Yeah, he has. I said Jake or Jerry. I meant I meant Jake if I said Jerry, but uh, he has been very good, and that's you know should hopefully bring out the best in, in Billy Burns as a response. So it's um it's a tough fixture for him though. I mean, it just you know like the Bulls, Glasgow have been going well, and Ulster. It's been a patchy enough start to the season. You know, they they that Munster win was important, but the they weren't great against the Lions last weekend, and um, you know they've rested a couple as well here. I think so that oh, look, I I would imagine that. You know, they could get a losing bonus point over there to be quite happy. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we've got to leave it at that, Rory. Thanks a million for that. Uh, yes, myself, sir. yourself and Keen are going to be back um, at the Viva Stadium with another podcast after Leinster against Munster tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that one. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.